Stefan Kinsella, it's a pleasure to have you. Nice to see you, my friend. You too. Good to be here. Um, so we, had, we had a good discussion this morning, very early in the morning, over this Tesla case. And, um, you know, I wrote this big article that's kind of um, getting a lot of attention, in which I celebrated uh, the case and talked about, you know, what it, what, it, what it implies for the future. You had a few correctives to me. I mean, just a slight caution. Do you want to go over those? Yeah, so let, let's summarize what happened. Um, um, <clears throat> Musk, Elon Musk, right, the founder of Tesla, um, who has several, a lot of patents covering various aspects of their technology, um, they've made an announcement, right, that they will, they're, they're not going to assert their patents against anyone who wants to use their technology uh, in good faith. It's a little vague what he means by that, but and it is just an announcement. It's not like he's making a contract with anyone, but he's he said he took down the patents off their wall, and they think he thinks patents are a hindrance to innovation, uh, etc. Um, and you and I were talking. Um, one reason, and I, I admit, pointed out that one thing you could do if you want it to be a, a totally patent-free company is you well, you don't need to apply for patents. Uh, they don't automatically uh, arise, unlike copyrights. Uh, and if you have a patent, it's easy to abandon it. You can just write a letter, a special letter to the patent office, and you can cancel it. So, and, and what happens in that case? Doesn't doesn't uh, does that free the patent up for other people to grab? No, no. So that was the one thing I kind of mentioned to you. Is there's a, some people think that um, they also think this about copyright. They think that if you don't copyright something, or if you don't patent something, someone else um, could do it. Uh, it's not exactly the way it works. In patents, um, the only way for someone to patent an invention is if they are the inventor of it and if it wasn't publicly known already. So if something is publicly known already, then uh, a patent filed on that later by someone, even if they independently invented it and they were the inventor, um, would you, you could get it str uh, invalidated later on in a lawsuit. Uh, and also, it would be difficult for them to say they were the independent inventor if it was widely known, because they probably heard about it from the original. So if you abandon your patents, it's just like it expires, okay? And so the invention covered in the patent is now part of the public domain. Um, so you were thinking that one reason they should keep their patents, or they might want to keep their patents, is to keep someone else from patenting it, which is really not a danger. Once the patents are public, no one else should be able to get a patent on it. Um, however, they also wouldn't have those patents available to use defensively in a countersuit if they are ever sued. Let's say um, a competitor sues them for infringing one of their patents, then Tesla could assert their own patents back against the other guy uh, potentially. So you do remove a defensive weapon. So I don't really blame them for not abandoning their patents, but he seems to be recognizing um, that there are hindrance to innovation. Um, he doesn't seem to mind that they that he wants uh, com competition. Um, he recognizes that it's a good thing. So it's it's a great recognition. IP law is funny. It's it's a for the proponents of intellectual property, they analogize it to property rights. But you don't see companies that are in the business to make a profit trying to avoid their property rights, right? They don't try to not enforce their property rights in their money, in their factory, in their business. Um, but in this case, you see a whole movement uh, of increasing uh, shunning of these so-called property rights, these IP rights, um, in the open source field of software, right? Um, and you know, we're talking about some other examples in recent years. One is Google, right, which says, uh, what's their motto, don't be evil, and um, they have tried to avoid asserting patents, 
Um, although when they inherited the Motorola business, they did inherit some um, um, some lawsuits that were going on, ongoing against Apple, I believe, and they didn't stop those. Uh, and Twitter is one of the best ones I've seen. Um, they made an announcement a, a year or two ago that they changed their patent policy so that they um, they will not aggressively assert these patents. And the way they did that to tie their own hands is they basically made the inventors, uh, their employees who are the inventors, um, or like a co-owner of the patent with Twitter, so they have to they would have to get the inventor's permission, or the inventor could stop it. So it's a way of tying their own hands, which it doesn't look like um, uh, Tesla is doing that. Um, they're just making an announcement. They could change their mind tomorrow or, or later, but although it would be a little bit difficult, I mean, the 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 press release strikes me as a, a kind of a public declaration. I mean, even if it's not legally binding or anything, it's it's it's. Uh... It, it would probably serve in the law as a license by virtue of what's called a stopel. In other words, if other people rely upon that to their detriment, um, right. it would be hard for for um, Tesla to go into court uh, now. Theoretically, I guess Tesla could withdraw this license. They could they could make a public notice in a couple of years and say, "We've changed our minds. We're withdrawing the license." And then companies would have to stop using it, possibly. Um, but anyway, I think it's a it's a good thing. It's it, and it, it's telling that a high tech innovative company is recognizing how useless and stifling to innovation these right. uh, patents are. But there were rare, rarefied conditions here. I mean, you've got a number of, of factors. I mean, it's, this is not just altruism at work. Uh, contrary to the to the message that Musk, you know, sort of broadcast in his uh, press release, it was like, we're the good guys, we love society, we want to see the environment protected, uh, therefore we want lots of um, electric cars, you know, and we're going to give away our te technology uh, and not be greedy. But But actually... Uh, he also said that they didn't actually face a, a competitive threat. That uh, competition from the from the big three is actually not uh, anywhere touching them. That they've got the whole market monopoly right now, and and so that's one factor. The other is that um, the company stands to benefit if other people actually copy their technology because they're. You know the leader in the industry, the, the, the manufacturers of, of, of batteries, of, of all kinds of tied-in technologies, mm -hmm. they can actually mm -hmm. develop a larger market for if if um, if people do copy the technology, which is generally true, right? But it's, it, I guess it's not it's not often that it's so obvious to to capitalists <laughs> that that is the case. Yeah, I think it's uh, there. He's probably recognizing that it's good to be on your toes and to not be able to rest upon some kind of quasi-monopoly, uh, right. and to have competitors to learn from and to to keep you uh, on your game. There's another advantage, I think, um, which I don't think was pointed out here, but um, if if there becomes a healthier, thriving electric car industry, then you can get better employees because they know they have other options. Do you follow me? Like, there's many other competitors for that they could jump ship to if they need to, and so then you have the threat of losing your employees, but you can at least hire good employees in the first place because uh, they're more willing to even enter that industry or that field in the first place. Uh, it's like the fish is always better off in a, in a larger pond or a larger lake rather than a, a bowl. Right. Uh, uh, software companies in Silicon Valley do well because there's lots of competitors around because um, you know, if I'm trying to, if I'm a hotshot programmer and I want to take a job with a company, I'd rather 
take a job with a company um, that's across the street. There's a lot of alternative employers for me to go to because I know it's it's just a safer situation for me. Um, instead of taking a job with the only software company in the middle of Idaho or something like that because it's more of a captive market situation. So you can attract better talent by having more competitors. It's one of the things that startled me most about the announcement was the sort of open mission about what you and I have talked about, which is that intellectual property, uh, it is a monopolistic grant of privilege to, 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 the, to the holder, but it's less beneficial than what people believe, and sometimes it can actually be a hindrance. Yeah, I think so, and I think maybe Musk is realizing that too. Um, so one thing it does is, uh, other than um, what we've already discussed, um, it sort of traps you in a certain direction, you know, because you want to develop products that you've already patented, right? Um, but maybe you should be uh, m more more willing to switch, right? Uh, to be uh, to be nimble, um, and the patents kind of lock you into that that area, you know. Uh, I think even Rothbard and even Milton Friedman pointed out what they call the skewing effect of patents that um, you tend to uh, innovate in areas that you can get patents on, like certain practical research and development, and you tend not to innovate as much in things that you can't patent, um, like abstract research and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it has a distorting effect on the structure of scientific research in, in the first place, and I think the same thing can happen within a company, right? You get locked into following where the patents are. Also, it's, it's very expensive. Uh, it's extremely expensive to get these patents and to always be, uh, be paying patent attorneys and filing fees around the world, it could be millions of dollars a year. Um, Billions. Yeah, and it takes a lot of time for the um, out, out of the daily work of the inventors and the engineers at the company. Now they have to spend time writing up patent proposals, talking to patent attorneys, uh, helping advise the patent attorneys to go back and forth with the patent office, um, have meetings to review these things on a regular basis. It's a big time waste. So um, I'd be curious to see if they keep getting as many patents. It seems like they're going to slow that down. So I think it's great. It's part of a larger issue, really, because many people like you, and, and there's so many more since you first started writing about this topic, who are advocates of patent reform. You know, people want Congress to do something for there to be new legislation that improves the system, but that's not likely to happen, uh, really. So you're starting to see, you know, movements in the direction of patents that are very much like everything else. It's like the reform is coming from the bottom instead of yep. from the top. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a it's unfortunate that um, some of the things companies have to go through, even if they don't want to use these so-called rights, the government grants. Um, there's at least three companies um, that have arisen in the last few years. Um, I've got a, a blog post about it. Um, it uh, it's on my C4 SIF. Org site. I think it's called Defensive, the Defensive Patent League or something. Um, and so you have these companies that um, you can pay them a fee to join their their patent pool, basically. So they're aggregating patents owned by the members, or they're doing other strategic things, like they're approaching um, patent trolls and trying to uh, buy buy the patents away from them, or, or try to buy up patents before the trolls get them. Um, um, so you, you have this whole industry that's arising, and it's going to be expensive, but companies would join it simply to – it's like buying insurance, to get a shield that they can use to lower the risk of being sued for patent infringement. Um, 
it, it's a good thing, but you wouldn't have these things arising if if, uh, if 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 there was any chance to revise the patent law. There was a patent uh, reform bill that was pending, and it's been it's been totally defeated, and I think it's just dead now. And even that would have been very minor. It was going to basically make it a little bit more difficult to be a patent troll. Um, and a patent troll is someone they call them NPEs, non-practicing entities. That means a company that owns the patent, but they, it doesn't cover one of their own products. So they're just going out, sending um, uh, extortionate letters to companies trying to. There's one. There's one company right now that um, is on the verge of winning um, um, about one percent of every iPhone sold from Apple. On an annual, ongoing basis, it's going to be about three hundred and forty million dollars a year, per year, yeah. uh, not forever, but until the patent runs out. So let's say for the next ten years. So this could be a three point four billion dollar or bigger uh, award in the end. A huge tax on the consumer. Yeah. Well, I, I love the prospect that um, uh, you know that we can actually reform the whole system from within, and not just patents, but the but the whole apparatus. You know, whether it's taxing monopolies or zoning laws or you know any of these kind of things that inhibit uh, enterprise and creativity. Uh, to see people like this just sort of walking away from the from the state, it's it's beautiful. It is. It is great, uh, and we've seen it with Creative Commons licensing in the copyright case and the and the um, and the open source software movement. Um, and yeah, these these Uber and Lyft and Sidecar, these these right. car car things coming around. Um, you and I were talking about some of these other innovative services, like um, uh, there's Airbnb, of course, and there's one coming out. It's called Breather, and it's a way that you can get a 30 minute uh, office space somewhere in the city. Like yeah, you're open, about that. unlock the door with your phone. I mean, it's really cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah. All these things are great, and. Um, Bitcoin's another example, right? It's instead of lobbying the government for decades to implement a gold standard or something like that, or, or audit right. the Fed, people are just coming up with their own money, <laughs> just using yeah. it. You don't need permission of the state, really. So um, it is it's, encouraging. It's that. tricky. I mean, it's it's a, it's a funny way to go about reforming society, really, because um, it requires because it requires almost a heroic level of creativity. You know, I mean, for Uber Taxi to even exist at all. It was yes. kind of amazing. You had to have digital technology. You had to have an entrepreneur who figured out, you know, a little workarounds around the law, read the law very literally, and decided to exploit exploit the loopholes in it. You know, this is this is hard work. Uh, enterprise would be a lot easier were it not for uh, all the barriers. Yeah, and you know, I was a little critical with some of my friends about Musk, and and, uh, and of course, I'm always a, a radical patent abolitionist, and I'm like, well. What does what does good faith mean? But you know that's sort of letting perfect be the enemy of the good. I mean, this is a good thing. Now, if you wanted some advice from a patent attorney, um, I'd be happy to to help him out for free, even. Um, and so one thing I would say, if he wanted to improve what he's doing to make the policy from just this kind of vague, legally quasi unenforceable promise, what he could do is make a statement on their website or or as part of their press release saying that, and we will. If anyone is concerned about this, we will be happy to grant you a license. Just call us up. We'll grant you a license for free. In other words, we'll sign it, right? And then what they could do is they could say, we'll give you a license, but you have to promise never to sue us for patents either. Hey, that's a, that's a, that's a reasonable uh, detente, right? Um, so they could do that. They could actually – they could tie their hands with particular parties, um, and it would be an easy thing to implement. So that would be one slightly more creative thing they could do. 
Did you happen to read my, my piece, by the way? Yes, yeah, liked okay. it. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, it's like I call your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Kinsella Light with a few mistakes. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> uh, but um, I talked about the moral hazard that's associated with this. It's not it's not clear at any one time like who actually favors the system. But so long as the system exists, everyone has to use it, and everyone's afraid to sort of go away from it. Uh, I remember some years ago, Bill Gates said that um, even while he was the head of Microsoft, that he would have been happy to abandon, you know, all the patents, and it would be much better for everybody. But you can't do that because the system's, in, in, you know, in existence. So I think I think he said something that um, he also said that um, if if software patents had been around yeah. in the beginning days of Microsoft as they are now, the software patents are a relatively modern phenomenon. Um, he thinks that the the entire computer industry wouldn't have gotten off the ground the way it yeah, had. I think it was, it was like 1985, 1986, but it was probably another 10 years before they became really effective. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Um, 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 yeah, and so, well, there's, there's, two, there's two phenomena, I think. Number one, you have people changing their tune, right? So when they're small guys, they don't want patents to get in their way, but then when they become the dominant players... So it's you know well, and Tesla is a good example of that, really. I mean, it's the dominant yeah. player in this in this niche market, right. and right. no longer fear the competition. You know, so right. So you know, I think what Gates said is uh, is, is true. Um, given the existing system, you almost have to use it. Um, otherwise, yeah. you won't survive because your competitors are going to be doing it. Um, so it, it takes a lot to break this network, and that's why things like this are actually really significant. Because yes, uh, but I, I do think you could, you do need to obtain patents in that kind of industry at least to have them for defensive purposes. If you didn't, it would be almost um, negligent, you know, or irresponsible. Yeah. But you don't have to assert them. You could have a policy like Twitter's, or like Google, or like or like um, um, Tesla here. Um, you could have a policy where, look, we're going to focus on our business. So we don't mind competition. We even want competition. Um, so we will use patents defensively. Um, you know, it's almost like the uh, the libertarian view of, 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 of force. Um, and we're anarchists, but if, if you think of what should the U.S. military policy be, so long as we have a military and, and the state exists, um, at least we should withdraw our troops and just defend our borders and just say, listen, if anyone attacks us, we will attack back, but that's, we're not going to get inter intervene in anything, right? So a defensive policy um, makes more sense, um, but unfortunately, you have, to, you have to play the game. Um, it would be nice if these patent defense leagues and these pools, pooling arrangements would work a little bit better uh, it wouldn't be, and weren't as expensive, but um, at least there's something there's something other people can do. Well, you know, to, to me, the, I mean, this is ultimately the way the state is going to be beat back. Um, it's it's through people discovering that it's not as useful as arrangements they can make themselves. It's it's not as advantageous that it doesn't actually provide any real services that are an improvement on what they could uh, arrange through contract and through uh, private property. Yeah, um, most companies and businessmen and engineers that I talk to and read about, most of them, they don't have a deeply philosophical case against it, but they all know that it's a racket. Um, they think it's a waste of their time. They think it's unfortunate. Um, the, the hope would be that the more companies that come to realize this and start participating in these, in these alternative ways of handling, say, patents, 
they're going to realize it's just a drag on their business, and so they're going to gradually become more against the whole patent system, and then you'll only have the entrenched industries and the and the special interests left that really want patents. Unfortunately, those 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 are the big companies with a lot of money that they extort from the economy using patents, and then they turn around and give some of that back to congressmen and bribe them <laughs> to keep them supporting um, IP, as recently as just happened with this with the defeat of this patent reform bill. Um, so it's going to be hard to defeat it legislatively, I think. Um, but when you first heard this announcement from 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 Musk, uh, did your mind drift over to the the case of uh, Reardon Steel and and the uh, uh, nationalization of his of his patents? It's, it's this seems to be like a, almost a reverse case. It's reverse, yeah. In fact, um, you and I haven't talked about this. Uh, I know you saw Atlas Shrugged Part Two, right? The movie. Uh, way before I did, I just saw it recently, and I liked it a lot better than the yeah. first one. By the way, I thought yeah. it was much better. Well, I, both of them are wonderful. Yeah, I, I think the third is going to be great too. But the, but the patent stuff in Atlas Shrugged Part Two seems, to my mind, to be even worse than it was in the book. The book mentioned it, downplayed it a little. It was kind of vague what they were talking about. But in the movie, they just amped it up, and it made no sense whatsoever. They they were really how it was. It was almost like these Tea Party guys are keep your Keep the government should keep his cotton picking hands off my social security payments. So it's like, you know, it's like, how dare the state want to make me sign over my patents back to the government as a gift? It's like, it makes no sense. Why wouldn't the government simply, if they really wanted to get rid of patents, or, or just there's something they have called a compulsory license capability. They've always had this. Um, the government can simply issue a license under the patents. Um, and it's not a patent infringement anymore. The government threatened to do that with the Cipro anthrax case when when the, uh, when the manufacturer didn't make enough or was charging too much for it using the patent the government granted to them. So mm -hmm. the government already has the legislative power, and they have since the beginning of the patent system to issue compulsory licenses. So it, it just made no sense. So, I, yeah, I thought that was the worst part of the novel, and I think she was trying to convey the idea the government is taking something You're wasn't clear what he was taking. Well, <clears throat> I think the idea is that it's, it's taking your your creativity, which is an extension of of of, of your humanity, uh, and therefore robbing you of you know the core of what it means to be free. I mean, that, that, there's a lot of jumps there, but I, I I think that was the message. Yeah, and I think they said in Atlas they said and and we you know the, this director I forgot his name the the, the guy that's kind of like the president but he's the head of state or whatever or his economic director uh, announced that they were suspending the patent and copyright office, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Under real tyranny, that would be <laughs> So Rand, Rand is making the, the state be a villain for getting rid of one of its illegitimate offices. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, it only, under, it only makes sense in, in, in a lot of her way of thinking. And, and yet it's not, not just Rand. I mean, as I pointed out in my article, uh, I mean, even Musk sort of, sort of pitches his decision here in, in a kind of a, I guess you could say, collectivist language. I mean, you know, he's railing against industrial civilization, you know, attacking internal combustion, mm -hmm. uh, talking about uh, uh, sh sharing technology with the world. And, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not upset by that, really, yeah, no. because I understand open, software, open source software, and um, it's not the same thing as communism. I mean, it's really, it's really more like the market. It's crowdsourcing information, right? Right. Uh, but nonetheless, it still persists. That there's an impression that that patent. Hello.
Oh, okay. Hey, sorry, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know what happened either, but but I, I went ahead and shut down the recording, which I shouldn't have. It's either Auburn Wi-Fi or, face, or Vacation Beach House Wi-Fi, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, right. Well, I think it was us, actually. I think we must have. Was... Did you did you end it? Are we going to go back record? No, I don't know. I mean, it says it says it's live, so maybe maybe we are live. You know? Yeah. It okay. says we're... All right. All right. So I'm sorry. Where were you then? Well, I was talking about the identification of patents with capitalism. I mean, that's that's been going on for a couple of hundred years. Yeah, I know. It's a tough. It's a it's a tough. Um... That's why IP is such a per pernicious or, or insidious problem that we it's hard to, for us to fight. Other freedom advocates and free market proponents, uh, you know, they may not be as radical as us, but they're with us when we explain the problem with taxation, regulation, and right. uh, other infringements of property rights, and in the drug war, and real war. But intellectual property, man, they, they're in favor of free markets and they're in favor of property rights and they're in favor of technology and uh, innovation and they, they just assume that this is part of the system. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, not it's an easy problem. Hard. It's 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 a, it's a difficult intellectual topic. It's something you have to, requires a lot of, it's not enough just to say don't aggress, you yeah. know. Uh, yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about this really very difficult problem. But I, I really think it's, it's only difficult because the laws exist. I mean, if, if there weren't a U.S. patent office, there weren't a copyright office, um, everything would just, you know, work work itself out. I mean, there'd be, of course, uh, company secrets, um, the element of surprise and enterprise, as always, but then also emulation would just be a normal institution, as it is in fashion or any other industry. Mm -hmm. um, and people would understand that if, as an innovator, uh, you've got to move fast, you've got to be amazing, and you've got to sell a lot of stuff and get people attached to your product uh, in the period before, other people can just take exactly what you did and attempt to do exactly what you've done. Yeah, and I think the problem, the presumption would be, um, see right now the presumption is reversed. People assume that we have technology and innovation because of the patent system, and so they can easily make the argument, but if we got rid of the patent system, how are we going to have innovation then? Right? But if we didn't have the system in the first place, you'd have tons of innovation, of course, tons of prosperity. And anyone saying, well, why don't we have a patent system? People would say, why? I mean, you'd have to, they, have to, they, they would have to argue, I think it'll cause more innovation than we already have. And you'd say, well, how do you know that? Uh, you know, the, the burden of proof would, I think, naturally switch to the proponents of such a, of such a system. So unfortunately, the founders made a big mistake in 1789. Right. So I'm imagining your scenario of a, of a free market society with a government that's not doing anything. And then uh, somebody presses upon the government this idea that, well, really, you need to start issuing patents in order to enhance uh, the pace of innovation. Right. You know, it's it's a very f like who would actually make that claim? You know, not really an upstart business, not really a, yeah. a an enterprise. You know, a young enterprise, not not really a you know a sort of aggressive, a young. Uh, innovative uh, company, but always the people who would always make that claim would be the established people in the field. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And um, the um, not the consumers, of course, they wouldn't right. be arguing for it at all. So maybe they maybe they could get it done. The fashion industry is pushing for it now. I mean, uh, <laughs> this is the problem with special interests in legislation and the state in the first place. So there's always a danger, like it had already happened. But still. Um, at least we people would be able to see with their own eyes that there is innovation without the patent system. Right now, they don't believe that. They don't really understand that. 
and you know, my thinking on this has turned around. I used to see the intellectual case against IP, but think, well, maybe people could find ways uh, to emulate parts of it by contract, etc. Um, but my thinking now is, uh, you know, for example, if we were anarchists, but I think we realize that if we got rid of the state tomorrow, it, there could be some problems because of the transition, right? I mean, I don't know what, what if Russia wants to invade or uh, what would the poor do who are poor because of the state? You know, there would be some transition costs that we are worried about. But in this case, I think it's, uh, I think it would be all unambiguously good to get rid of patent and copyright mm -hmm. completely. Um, innovation would be a lot stronger and better. Uh, creativity would be a lot more vigorous um, in the in the arts. Uh, people would be free to do whatever they wanted to do. You know, you could take right. the best code you see, you could improve on it, you could use it. You wouldn't have to agonize over reinventing the wheel. Mm 